Thank you for downloading the latest podcast from Reconnection Youth, a ministry of Faith Christian Fellowship Church in Buffalo, West Virginia. For more information, visit us on the web at reconnectionyouth.com. No, no. See, I told it. I told it. Okay, guys, listen. Um, I'm telling you, there's some things I have written down that we're, we are going to cover, but before we do that, there's some things um, that he just kind of released to me, literally released to me in prayer that we can speak about because it's good stuff. Sometimes, listen, sometimes when you're a, when you're a minister of the Word, I'm, I'm not trying to get in nitpicky here, but there's sometimes whenever you're, you're studying for yourself and there's things that, that God reveals to you, and you're like, man, that's great. I can't wait to go preach that on Sunday. And God's like, whoa, buddy, whoa. Let's hold back on that because you need to grasp this thing before you start releasing that into somebody else. So <laughs> it does stink too, man, because it's so good. <laughs> that's why you got brothers. Listen, that's why you get brothers and sisters that you can cut on and you text and you say, check out what God gave to me. And you guys just talk it out because what ends up happening is he begins to reveal things to you through them. Right? Right. What, like you said this morning, that stuff we were talking about where you, you, you brought up a point about getting close to the river. Listen, Adam, we were talking, what, two days ago, and Adam was talking about getting close to the river and letting the river be your source and stop, stop letting other people feed you whenever you can tap into this source. And it wasn't three days ago that I had listened to a message by somebody that was talking about that very same thing, about how the Israelites had been eating manna from heaven. They'd been relying on God literally every single day to bring them their daily bread. They, they had no way of eating if it wasn't for God. They were completely and totally dependent on God. And that's not a bad thing. But God's purpose for Israel was never to wander around for 40 years eating out of His hand. Right. He promised them from day one, I'm taking you to a land that's flowing with what? It's flowing with milk and honey. So God's still the provider, but He's placed it there. So that here's the deal. See, manna, God, listen, manna was good for a day. If you tried to hoard it, the next day it was rotten. You, you got enough for now, and that's all you could get. But listen, if you, and I know this is a weird picture, but if you could picture a place where there's a river of milk flowing by and honey oozing out of everything that you see, and you eat some milk and you eat some honey and you get hungry a little bit later. Guess what? You can go back and get some more milk and some more honey. And tomorrow you get to go back and get some more milk and some more honey. You see, because you're tapping into the resources that he's placed in front of you and the destiny that he's called you to, you can now tap into those resources in a way that you never could have before. You're still relying on God, but you're in a deeper revelation of who he is. Listen, it's one thing if you say, God, please, I need something to drink. I need something to drink, and, and it rains. What if you say, God, I need something to drink, and you touch a rock, and it starts coming out of a rock? It's a new level of God's goodness that he's calling us to. So, go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. I need you to see this, guys. I need you to see this. This is good. Acts 
Now listen, this is, this is uh, in chapter 6, it starts. I'm not reading in chapter 6. I want you to understand this though. In chapter 6 of, of Acts 15, they begin the, the Jerusalem Council of Christians. James, Jesus' brother, Peter, all the, all the bigwigs, you know what I mean? Like all the ones, if there was a Mount Rushmore of the Bible, these are the dudes that you would see on the, on the mountain, okay? So these guys are sitting down, having a conversation about what to do about the fact that folks that weren't supposed to receive the Holy Spirit started receiving the Holy Spirit. Hello, that's me. Okay, that's us. We weren't supposed to receive the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, somebody Peter was talking to some people one day about Jesus, and, and all, they started praying in tongues like crazy. And he was like, well, who keeps them from being baptized? They've done got the Spirit. What can we do about it? So they're sitting down having a conversation. If these folks who weren't supposed to be able to receive have now received, shouldn't we go and back and make them follow the laws that we've been following this whole time? That's what this whole conversation's about. Okay? Now listen to what James says. Paul and Barnabas in verse 12. Listen, Paul and Barnabas, uh, the, the multitude listened to Paul and Barnabas, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take them out of the people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. Now we're going to go to something in a second. Listen, when it says, as it is written in your Bible, it's referring and referencing Scripture that's previously been prophesied or written down. Okay? As it is written, after this I will return and rebuild the tabernacle of David, which had fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Okay? Now I'm going to stop right there, but I want you to, re to, to see this. This is what James says. James is quoting a scripture, and he says this. There's going to be a day. This is the day. This is the fulfillment of the scripture, of the prophecy that said, I'm going to rebuild the tabernacle of David. Now, here's the deal. There's no such thing. There's a tabernacle of Moses. There's a temple of Solomon, David's son. There's a rebuilt temple that happens later on. But there's never a tabernacle of David. So there was a prophet that prophesied that there would become a tabernacle of David. James is saying that the fulfillment of the tabernacle of David... Listen, everybody's kind of looking at me crazy. Just stay, t stay there. James is saying, this is the fulfillment. Fulfillment of what? There's no building. Where's the building? Where's the tabernacle? Look in Amos chapter 9. We're going, we're going old school, Old Testament. From Acts to Amos, A to A. Big A, big A. Amos chapter 9. I want to I read that quote. I want to read what James just quoted. Because it's important to understand. Amos chapter 9, starting in verse 11. Because listen, Amos paints an even bigger picture of what this is going to look like. This, this rebuilding, this re, 
affirming of the tabernacle of David. Okay? Verse 11. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles. Listen. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Old Testament, before Jesus. And they're declaring that there will come a day when all Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall take over the reaper. Listen. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> Listen. If you're plowing and you're overtaking the harvest, do you realize you are collecting so much food that you're able to plant over top of the food that you're collecting? That there is so much of a harvest. There's so much bounty in your fields. You can't pick it up enough. You cannot pick it fast enough because you're planting over top of that same stuff. This is what he's pouring out. This is what the tabernacle of David is about. And the treader of, of grapes, he, when the plowman shall take over the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine. Listen, do you realize to make grapes into wine, you got to work? It's hard. It's a process. If you just take a bunch of grapes and squeeze them and try to drink it, you don't have wine. Guess what you got? You got juice. You got to take it through a process. It takes time. You got to tread this stuff out. There are wineries that devote their lives, these people devote their lives to creating this wine. And when the tabernacle of David comes, the wine's just going to fall out of the mountains. There's no work involved in that. Think about this. Listen, what was, James, what was the argument in the Acts church right then? What were they arguing about? They were saying, don't they have to do all the works that we've done? Listen, we learned today that faith without works is dead. But if you have works and you don't have faith, you might as well just sit down. If all you're going to do is work, if all you care about is making sure that, listen, if all you care about coming to church is making sure that this side of your hair is even with this side of your hair, that if this side's flipping out on the bottom, I've got to get the curling iron out because I surely can't have one side flipping out and the other side flipping down. Listen, we're trying to make it all look good. We're trying to make it all fit into our mold. Right. We're trying to get our three... So I'm not taught... Listen, what, what's, I'm, not trying, I'm, I'm not taking away from what's happened this weekend. What I'm trying to get us into an understanding is what's happened this weekend has to continue tomorrow. Yes. Because tomorrow we get a shower for the first time. Tomorrow our, tomorrow our hair's going to look good, right? Tomorrow our makeup's going to be not. I'm going to get the primer and all of it. I'm going to get the foundation and the primer and the rouge and the whatever. I'm going to put it all on tomorrow. Hallelujah. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you're going to get dolled up. You're going to get fixed. You're going to look nice. But it's not about what you look like. And it's not about that you raised your hands at the appropriate time. 
It's not about that you sang on key or that you even knew what the song was about. Right. Listen, I wish you could understand what I'm saying right now. Listen, when the tabernacle... Well, that's why I know, because you don't know what I'm talking about yet. Just wait. When the tabernacle of David comes... Now listen, it's so stinking easy to get the wine... All, listen, if it's falling off the hill, all you got to do is open your mouth. That's all you got to do. If, if there's so much in your fields, if there's so much in your fields that you're planting over top of yourself and you're hungry, you ain't got to work. Just pick one up and eat it. Pick up your banana. Pick up your banana. Pick up that apple that didn't so fall so far from the tree. Let's eat those things. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Jesus. Listen. Listen. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. Listen, oh, come on now. So I got wine from, I got wine from somewhere. I got wine from somewhere. And so because I got wine, I go and I plant more places for wine to come from. <sighs> come on. So my source provides me with something that I can then go and provide for somebody else. <sighs> come on. This is the tabernacle of David. Hallelujah. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. Come on. I will plant them in their land. And they, I will transplant them in their land. Hallelujah. And they no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. So come on now. So here we go. Here we go. So we've got this tabernacle. Today, James said this. He said, look, today's the day. Today's the day that the tabernacle of David has come back. The Gentiles are coming into the fold. Every single one of them that is called by His name. Listen, here's, there, you can read Scripture several ways, but let me share something with you. If you are called by my name, that means I called you. There is not a single person in this Bible. There's not a single person in the history of this world that God has not called. But here's the deal. We talk about sonship all the time. We talk about being a child of God. Well, listen, it's a spirit of adoption. And if I have a stepdad who wants to adopt me, come on, you got to listen. What he really wants to do is become my guardian. He wants to take over as in charge of me. And he wants to give me his name. Yes. He wants me to be called by His name. Yes. So we're all called, but we have to receive that spirit of adoption. We have to receive that adoption to be called by His name. No. Yes. Now listen, here's what the point is. What's the tabernacle of David? What's this all about? There's no building. You'll never find it. You search this Bible, you will never find the building that David set up. But listen... Go with me to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 7. I want to show you the heart of some man. (laughs) 
All right, so listen. 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now, come on. In chapter 6, in chapter 6, this is, the, this is the familiar story. This is the one you're probably thinking I'm going to talk about. In chapter 6, and I guess I am. Chapter 6, <laughs> David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant. David is bringing the presence of Almighty God back to Jerusalem. Okay, And the Bible says that as he's bringing this thing, he gets so excited. Listen, remember yesterday I spoke about how the, the, they placed the ark, and, the, and, the, and God said, when you see the ark, you go after it. Listen, David got so junked in the Holy Ghost, when he saw the ark, he got in front of it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Think about that. Listen, look, listen, there are times when we have a nice little boundary we got to stay in. I understand this, okay? We do. But then there's other times when God says, you know what? You want to run around that youth room? You run around that youth room. You want to spin around? You just go ahead and spin. Hallelujah. You want to take your flip-flops off and make a fool of yourself in the corner of the church at Fair in Virginia? You go for it, brother. Because, listen, sometimes it ain't like you're getting out in front of who he is. But, listen, you're so excited to be near his presence that you cannot contain yourself. So here's David, man. He's going crazy. He's stripping down in his skivvies. He's pouring the sweat. It's like as hot out there as it is in here today. And he's like going, come on, sucking this thing. I'm, gonna, I'm getting down with my bad self. I'm going crazy for Jesus. And listen, his wife looks out there and she says, come on, what? Who is this guy? The wife's the religious one. Remember, she's the one. She's the, king, old, the old king's daughter. So she grew up in the religion. She knew what she was supposed to do, right? She knew what a proper king's wife looked like. I, don't even, I can't even talk about that. I can't even... I can't, can I talk about that? Can I talk about is it I mean is it okay to let your hair down every now and then? Yeah. Is it okay just to say Jesus is Lord and get crazy for Jesus and not so much worry about what the person to the left and right of you thinks? Hey, come on now. You either have you've either encountered the presence or you haven't. And I promise you, you're in this room tonight. You have encountered the presence. Okay? So listen. So she gets all up in arms. She's she's jealous. What she's jealous of is there's ladies out there and she's saying, Oh, they're looking at you and they're thinking that you're just something or whatever. They're going to try to you know get with you and all this stuff. And he said, Listen, if you are upset with what I'm doing, you just wait. Because I'm getting even more crazy. I'm getting even more undignified than this. Listen, I'm going after this thing. That's chapter 6. That ain't even where I'm at. So here's chapter 7 though. Listen. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house. So, so dude, dude's been dancing in the streets, alright? Dancing in the streets, going crazy for Jesus. He finally gets a break. He's dwelling in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around. He's got nothing. Nothing other than a wife who, who won't get off his back to worry about. You know what I mean? Like nothing. That he said to the, uh, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. He gets this revelation. He says, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't right. This isn't right. Here I am in this luxury. Here I am in all the bountiful blessings that God's provided for me, and there he sits out in the middle of a tent. Listen, because, listen, this tent that housed the Ark of the Covenant, I need you to understand this. There was no sacrifice there, they didn't follow the priestly duties there. 
because it wasn't made in the specifications of God. If they would have tried to do something outside of God's will, listen, they already found that out the hard way. You go back and read chapter 6 in the beginning of that when some dude fell over dead because he touched the thing, trying to keep it from hitting the ground. When you try to do it your own way, it's going to fail. So here's David. He sees this tent. He has that revelation probably in the back of his mind. Think about it. In the back of his mind, he's thinking of that day that that dude touched the ark and he fell over dead. I cannot do this the wrong way. God needs a house. David said that God needs a house. Listen. Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought out the children of Israel from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone? Listen, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? God says, has there ever been a time? Listen, I understand you want to build me a house. But has there ever been a time since the days of Moses... Since you've been in the wilderness, has there ever been one ever time that I've spoken to anybody in Israel and asked them to do what you're asking to do? Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a great name like the names of great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously." since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. Now, I read that sort of passionately. And I read it the way that I've read it I couldn't tell you how many times before. And it completely went over my head. Completely went over my head until now let me read it again the right way verse 11 since the time come on are you are you who's ready to shout I want to know I want to show hands who is ready to shout I'm ready to shout come on I want to see him I don't lie to me right now come on I'm ready I'm ready come on come on Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, listen, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. He's not going to make you a house. He's going to make you His house. He's going to make you his house. He's going to make you 
his house. Listen. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Hey. So let me ask you a question. What's the tabernacle of David? (laughs) The tabernacle of David is the place where God comes and makes his house. And the tabernacle of David is you. And the tabernacle of David is me. The tabernacle of David is the church. Hallelujah. God has come to make us His house. (laughs) Yes. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Listen, guys. Listen, that word, when God says that the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Listen, that word means to tabernacle. Like it literally means God wants to tabernacle with you. And he wants to put himself on the inside of you. So listen, what's James talking about? You don't think he got a revelation of what was going on? James said, wait a minute. This is the tabernacle of David. This is what Amos spoke about. This is that time that God said, oh, hallelujah, this is the time that God said He was going to put Himself in Israel. He was going to put Himself in every single Gentile that was called by His name. And when He did that, you guys better get ready because our fields have so much stinking food in them that we couldn't ever eat it all if we wanted to. So we got to take that grain and we got to plant it elsewhere. And we got so much wine coming off of our mountains that we're going to drink all that we can drink. And then we're going to take it and we're going to start planting some more vineyards so more people can drink. This is what's happening today. Jesus. We are the tabernacle of David. Man. I suggest you read that chapter. 2 Samuel chapter 7 all the way through. He starts saying things. And if you read that through not thinking about it, you're thinking he's talking about Solomon. And all he's telling you is who Jesus is right here. He's telling you about... Oh, let's just roll. Like I said. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. (laughs) Son of David, have mercy on me. Come on. Who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house for my name. Hey, come on. Christ built a house, didn't because he was the chief cornerstone, right? On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Hallelujah. He built the house. Woo! The gates of hell shall not prevail. I will be his father. Oh. He shall build a house, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Listen, some people are reading this thinking, Solomon, Solomon didn't live forever. He ain't talking about Solomon. Listen, he was saying in the natural, Solomon's going to build build the building. But he's saying, listen, there's going to come a time when this dude's going to show up. Your seed's going to show up on the earth, and his kingdom is going to reign forever. And the house that he builds will reign forever, will stand Forever. I cannot tell you how much of a turn this message took. (laughs) The title of my message is Cultivating Wonder in Prayer. To give you an idea of where we are right now. (laughs) 
But listen, we're a people. We're peculiar, the Bible says. We're a little off. We're just a little, I mean, in a good way. We're off in a good way. Or maybe we're on and they're off. That's right. Amen. That's right. Maybe we're on and they're off. Amen. Maybe it's a normal thing to do what we just did. Amen. That's okay. Yeah. Listen, I think back to what Acts means. What what happened in the Acts church? We were what was it? Was it tonight or yesterday? I can't remember when it was. We were in this vein of worship. And I just couldn't help thinking to myself, this had to be what it was like. This had to be what it was like, man. When Peter was in jail and they were in the house and the house started rocking so much that the jail opened up, that angels appeared and said, hey, I don't know, you know, this is your day because they're in that house praying up a storm and i got to let you out. (laughs) Paul Paul and Silas are in jail and they start singing and shouting and praising to God and because of their praise, an earthquake happens, all the doors wide open, they're free to go if they want to. Listen, there was something different about those folks. They were the tabernacle. They were the play. Man, they said, you know what? We understand, God. I understand. You've come to dwell. Listen. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This great mystery Paul talks about. Paul revealed it. He said, I know what the mystery is. This mystery that we never understood for generation after generation after generation. What is the tabernacle of David? It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. It's Christ in you. He's the hope of glory and He's inside of you. Man. Man. If we would just get a revelation, guys, if we would just... Listen, we talk about identity so many times. It almost... I mean, just saying the word identity, you almost cringe because we talk about it so much. But if you would just understand. Listen, if you can't get a revelation of who you are in Him, get a revelation that He loved you so much He put Him in you. I don't know who I am in Christ. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does. But I mean, just take a break and just chill out for a second and stop focusing on who you are in Christ and start focusing on on the Christ that's in you. Because the Christ that's in you will still do the works that you don't think you're capable of doing because He's Christ. Because He's who He is. Because He said in Amos He was going to come and put Himself inside of you. And here we are, 2015, and there He is. Just exactly where He said He was going to be. For such a time as this. Now it's time. Now it's time, Esther. Now it's time. Listen, do you realize that Esther was always an Israelite? She did not wake up the morning before she went to the king and say, Oh my goodness, I'm an Israelite. I'm Jewish. She always was Jewish. But it wasn't until she saw the revelation of her purpose on this earth and what God specifically had her to do that she was able to step into that and walk in that victory. You've got to understand. We've got to understand. Every day. Every day. Even when Stephen wakes up not feeling great, even when Stephen thinks he doesn't look good in the mirror, even when Stephen thinks he's overweight, even when Stephen doesn't think he's any good to anybody, that there is a person 
and a power on the inside of him that can shock this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That on my worst day, he can still have his best day. <laughs> That's one you write down right there, okay? I'm not, I, I don't have a notepad. But <laughs> on my best day, or I'm sorry, on my worst day, he can still have his best day. Jesus, hallelujah. Where to go, where to go. Jesus, Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. He's going to make you a household. He's going to make you a family. He's going to make you a clan, a temple. He's going to build you up into something you never... Listen, he's not, listen he ain't going to dwell in, in junk. He's not going to live in junk. He's not going to the, to the dump to find the rattiest old 1972 charger that's got no wheels and getting ready to be... He's not coming to live inside that thing. Listen, he's going to put his presence in the most precious thing that he's got. He's going to place himself... Man, I just feel this so much. Such a turn, such a turn. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to Acts. Let's go back to Acts. Let's finish up here. Let's finish up. Let's finish up. Acts. Let's go back to Acts 15. Acts 15. Acts 15. Acts 15. Acts 15. Listen. Listen to how James describes this tabernacle. Listen to how James describes this tabernacle. Verse 16. After this I will return. will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. God obviously wants you to have a relationship with Him. God obviously wants you to spend the rest of your life serving Him. There's no question about that. We're not here to debate that. But the reason that He has placed Himself on the inside of you is so that everybody else has an opportunity to seek Him. That everybody else, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, can seek Him. We seek so they can seek. I seek. Man, 
What if I had to wake up at 5 o'clock and read and pray, not so that I could have my daily fix, but because I knew that there was somebody out there that was in need of theirs? What if it actually wasn't about me at all? What if? <laughs> what if I have to pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour because there's somebody on the other side of the planet that's got a gun to their head and they're, they're being asked a question, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Or there's a, there's a knife to their throat. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And me praying in tongues will transfer over to them and bring them the boldness to say, yes, I do. Now cut my head off and let me see my king. We don't even know. We don't even know. Folks with boldness. Listen. Listen. ISIS cut off the heads of 21 people who were Christians. Who believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior. 21 of them. One guy lost two brothers. And they interviewed him. And do you know what his response to 21 people, including two of his brothers, getting their heads cut off was? His response was, this has strengthened my faith even more than it ever was before. If I didn't believe Jesus before, I certainly believe Him now. What? What? Listen, you know what God's doing in things like this? He's not causing this to happen, but do you know what's coming out of things like this? He is limiting and cutting off your excuses forever. Yeah. <laughs> God is eliminating every possible excuse that you could ever possibly have for not going after him full bore, 100%. If they cut my brother's head off, and I thank God as a result, even more than I ever thanked God before, then you got no business complaining about whatever you're complaining about. You just don't. And that's not mean, because <laughs> there's a glass. Look, there's a glass. Everybody look at that glass. Here's me in it, right there. You got no business complaining about the junk you complain about. Listen, there's the king, and he's coming. By golly, he's here, but he's coming. He's here, by golly. You like that one, didn't you? <laughs> Write that one, by golly. He's here, and he's coming. And he's coming for a group of folks, a church, a tabernacle that doesn't have any spots, <laughs> any blemishes, or any wrinkles. Man, I was spotted two days ago because of what I did. Well, guess what? You ain't spotted now. <laughs> I, was, I, I saw those wrinkles. I mean, they were there. You ain't wrinkled now. Listen. Do what you know in your heart you're supposed to do. What I really think we're going to do, I really, I, we talked about, I really think we're going to do is, is, is launch us out of here tonight in a way that we've not done. Listen, 
Uh, I'll be honest, we kind of talked about needing to pray because we needed folks to get released of stuff, and I think that's already happened. So we're not, we're not going over top of what God's already done and trying to do what we want to do. But this is what I feel in my spirit we need to do tonight. We need to, we're going to put on some music. We're going to put on some music and we're going to seek God in a different way. Because what we're going to do is, instead of, instead of asking God to take away things, what we're going to do in just a second, we're going to ask God to put some things on us. Now that those weights are gone, now that I have a room to hear, God, I want you to put something on me. God, I know who I am. I know that you reside in me, that you have made me the tabernacle that you spoke about. You've made me this. So what's next for me, God? What's next for me? I want that to be the thought as we transition in your, in your brains. What's next for me? I'm free. What's next? Let me go ahead and prepare you for the answer you're supposed to give him when he tells you. Yes. Let me prepare you for the answer you need to tell him before he tells you. Yes. Yes, I will. So this is what we're going to do. This is, to my knowledge, we've never done anything like this, but this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have all the leaders, okay? We'll have all the leaders come up here, and we're going to line up across the front, just line in a line. And we're going to get some oil. We're going to get some oil on our hands. And what we're going to do is have every single one of you guys just walk down the line. Take, we're going to take our time. We're going to pray for you. We're just going to pray over you. Listen, we're not casting things out. We're not breaking things off. We've already taken, taken care of that. What we're doing is releasing into you. Listen, we're releasing into you the next phase of your walk with Jesus. For some of you, you're going to get revelations like, you know what, I am probably supposed to worship up front on Sunday mornings. You know what, I probably should be raising my hands. You know what, I probably should not have my cell phone out in my hand looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram or whatever else is going on. I probably should be paying attention to what God's going to do. So that's for some of us, that might be right now all that we can see and hear that we're ready for. For others of us, maybe it's planning meeting some, with some folks at school and starting something up or, or recommitting myself to go into 180 and bringing every friend I possibly can with me and just seeing things happen on a local level that we've never seen happen before. I'm not going to limit God by telling you what you're going to hear, but I believe in everything in my, with everything in my heart that if you come to Him with that question, God, what next? I believe as you're getting prayed for, and as we end this service tonight, I believe the answer's coming. So let's take a second to go ahead and get ready for that, okay? If you give us a second. We hope you enjoyed the message and would love to hear from you. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with all the latest news and events. Until next time, God bless.